Welcome to the Testudos Times Podcast, Maryland Women's Basketball Edition, with beat writers Dylan Manfrey, Andrew Chodis. I'm Damon Brooks. Guys, how we doing? Rocking and rolling. It's one day after Selection Sunday. Doing well, Damon. Doing well, Damon. How oh, miserable Monday. <laughs> happy to be on the podcast discussing Maryland women's basketball. We got a ton of we got a ton of topics for everyone today. We're gonna have a special guest about halfway through our podcast. You won't announce that yet. We'll 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 let her come on. Yeah, so so yeah, guys, we're previewing Maryland's you know first round matchup with Holy Cross on Friday at approximately two thirty at the Xfinity Center. Guys, like what what are you looking for? What are you guys looking forward to seeing on Friday at the Xfinity Center? I guess I'll I'll start with this. I mean, we've seen Maryland ebb and flow throughout the beginning of the season. They found their footing as toward the middle, and then just kicked it into a different gear these last, I'd say, month and a half, two months maybe. And it's going to be interesting to see how this team looks now. You know, we've we've all asked them this question, like, what does peaking look like? Abby Myers says it's when we're consistent, when we're playing consistently. Brenda says it's when everything's clicking on all cylinders. You know, you see some similarities in those answers, of course, but it's also it's also when everything's just flowing right and the team is just making shots. They're not being selfish with the ball. They have that positive assist to turnover ratio that's over one. You know, Brenda's favorite phrase. I'd like to at least I like to call it that. Um yeah, it's. I'm interested to see what their peak looks like NCAA tournament. We've seen it in the Big Ten. We've seen it in Big Ten conference play this season. But it'll be interesting to see what peaking looks like in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, Dylan. And I, I think that's something we can go into the more in depth later in the podcast when we talk about Maryland's full season turnaround. But something I'm, I'm looking forward to is Brenda Freeze is undefeated uh, in, in the round 64 during her time at Maryland. So, you know, anything can happen in March, but I, I would expect Maryland to, uh, to to cruise through this matchup against uh, Hol- uh, against Holy Cross. But, you know, as you were saying, how, how they've developed and kind of peaked through this season. So we had, we had media yesterday, and one of the questions I was asking the players and, and you know, head coach Brenda Freeze, I was asking them, you know, when you start the season, they started the season four and two, and that included a loss against DePaul, right? And there were a lot of questions about, about this team that, you know, nine new players, complete turnaround, what would happen? And then you look at the season, you know, right now, and they finished 21-4 and four after that loss to Paul. So I asked them, you know, if I told you at that point, and I told you right now that you would be a number two seed in the NCAA tournament, how would you respond? And, you know, Diamond Miller said, you know, Andrew, you're you're literally crazy. So I, I, I think this team has a ton of confidence going right now, and I think that they're really starting to gel. So I, I think that th- this might be the year where where they can end a eight year run about not uh, getting past the Sweet Sixteen. So I'm really excited to see how they gel together in their first game of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, guys, I'm I'm interested to see how they start out because you know as you know you know they were a team coming to the season with nine newcomers and one returning starter. So I want to see how they start. You know they seem to be you know build chemistry throughout the season and got several notable wins and you know are, they were world warriors with you know. 10 plus role wins this season. I think, you know, they showed that they have the ability to form a good chemistry, but now it's postseason. You know, they showed a little bit glimpses of it in the Big Ten tournament, but now I want to see how, you know, some of the young players, some of their new, you know, their newcomer, I want to see how they, how they figure in, you know, with Lavender Briggs. And I just want to see how they, you know, they come in and see how they gel with the team because I believe if they come in and be able to help and get it and get it, get them a spark early and get the Xfinity Center rocking. You know, Maryland can find a way to, you know, probably, you know, in this game, probably by the end of the third quarter, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'll also throw this one out here for for both of you guys. Damon, you know, you mentioned Lavender Briggs, who had a really bad start of the season, but she's really finding her groove. Players like Brene Alexander, again, not a great start of the season, really finding her groove. A freshman, Bree McDaniel, you know, wasn't getting much many minutes in the past few weeks. She's gotten huge minutes. So how important, you know, has have have those newcomers, you know, been as as they elevate their game? How important has that been, you know, to, to the recent success we've seen for this team? 
Yeah, I think, man, when you look at when you look at Lavender Bridge, you just see like the way she could play off the bounce, the way she can get to her shot, get off, you know, get to the mid range, get to the cup. The way she's just able to, you know, when she, you know she's a thousand point scorer for a reason, and I think with her talent and her abilities, you know, it's proof in the pudding that if she can, you know, if she can be able to stay healthy and find ways to continue to just, you know, play and get that confidence back in her game, the sky's to her limit because you know she's shown that she could score multiple twenty point games at Florida. You know, showing the ability to score all three levels. You know, she came to Maryland for a reason. You know, I think if she could find a way just to continue to get healthy and continue to build and find her groove in the in the tournament, you know, sky's the limit for this Maryland team. You know, I'll I'll say this about Lav. You know, I mean, she told me in the beginning of the season, like earlier in the season, like basketball wasn't fun for her. For somebody of that caliber and that offensive prowess to say basketball is not fun, that's shocking. You know. That's your pride and joy. That's what you're. That's what you come to. That's what she came to college for. You know, get an education and play basketball. You know, she told me she's aspirations to go pro. And for somebody to say that basketball is not fun anymore, that like that's a low feeling. You know, I know that feeling. And now, just to see like her like trajectory go upward. You know, with how she's been playing the last few games, like it's been it's been really nice to say, you know, definitely happy for her and, you know, seems to be paying off. Yeah, I agree. So Maryland, you know, Maryland went 25 and six this season, 15 and three in the Big Ten. You know, they surpassed a lot of people's, you know, expectations. Is there any game that they won this season that led you all to believe that, you know, they were in for, you know, a surprising season? UConn. Easy answer. I don't, I don't, I don't think any other answer is possible, right? I mean, there were a lot of doubts. You know, UConn came in; they were pretty, pretty depleted on the injury front, but Maryland came into the game never beating UConn in their in their program history. Yeah. Uh, Brenda Freeze, zero wins against Gino Ariyama. They come out with a victory, and you guys can attest to this. I don't think I've ever seen a group of basketball players in a press conference be so happy for twenty five minutes. It was unbelievable. And since that win, the confidence that this group has gotten has been incredible. And I think it's because that win in front of a raucous crowd, I think that's where they showed themselves that they can play a really high level of basketball. And once they got that that win against the top 10 opponent, they've just been rolling since and, and they've consistently played at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got it. I'll take the UConn game, too. I mean, two games after you get kicked by Nebraska, 90 to 67 on your home floor, like that Nebraska game lit a fire under this team. You look at the schedule of how many wins they have since then, you know, their, their loss to Indiana, you know, in, it was only a seven point loss guys to Indiana. That's a good team. And, you know, Indiana has a two-seed or a one-seed in the tournament? One-seed. They have a one-seed. Right. Like, you have two one-seed one seeds in the NCAA tournament on your schedule right now. I was number two. We'll get into that later. <laughs> no. I know some people who are very upset at that one. Yeah, so I would have to say, I would think the Iowa game, when they came back and, you know, when Iowa came back – Iowa came to College Park and Xfinity Center in late in uh, middle middle February for the rematch. I think the way Maryland responded to that game, that was a surprise. That was just a statement win for them. You know, they spoke about in in the press conference how you know when they returned home after their first loss to Iowa that you know they watched film at late at night and they were so adamant about you know just getting that bad taste out of their mouth just from their previous performance and that they were motivated you know to put put their best foot best foot forward in the next matchup. And they showed that, you know, they dominated from the onset. And they known, you know, 27 to 8 in the second quarter, like dominant performance for a team that is the number one team in the Big Ten in scoring. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin Clark to 18 points, 5 for 13, 4 for 10 from 3, 6 turnovers. Like, that's that's impressive. You know, I think Maryland, Maryland, Maryland showed a lot, you know, with that victory and just showing that, you know, they have the ability to lock in and find a way to stop big-time opponents and, Maryland continues to show that, you know, even when they may slow, slow, you know, slow start slow, 
they will come back and, you know, find ways to, you know, battle back and get themselves back in the ball games. But I think Maryland is showing the ability to, to f- focus in when they need to. And I feel like when they're locked in and focused, they're really a difficult team to beat. Yeah, Damon, I, I have a quick question for uh, for you. As, you know, you're the only one here that covered um, that covered the team last year. And I, w- I was just wondering, you know, for everyone out there, what, what improvements have you seen from last year to this year, even with a completely different team losing, you know, some all-world players and Ashley Abuso and Angel, and Angel, Angel Reese? One thing I would say, I would say the chemistry, like the ball movement. I say they have more trust, like with the ball movement. And they're like just the way they move the ball and just the way they cut and move for one another. They screen with a purpose. I would say last year, maybe sometimes they went through the motions and they weren't as fluid and maybe didn't sacrifice one another. But I feel like this team, you could tell they care for one another and they just play with a more of a chemistry than than they did last year. It's just it seemed a little more forced last year, but now this year, like the chemistry just seems natural in the way they flow and move the basketball because they've shown the ability to share the basketball and they seem to have fun you know, playing with one another. So segue, segue going, going into, you know, going into March Madness, you know, Maryland is obviously making, you know, their over their 15th straight, you know, time in the tournament. What do you, what do you all think Maryland's um ability, what do you think Maryland's ability to advance will depend on their offense more or their defense? Well, uh, just, just quick. And then Dylan, I mean, this this team hasn't made made it past the Sweet Sixteen since the 2014-2015 season, which which seems impossible for for a group like this, you know, head coached by by Brenda Freeze. But I th- I think that 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 they have a, a formidable path um to 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 getting back to back to that result. So Dylan, I'll, I'll ask you, you know, well, what do you think are the keys for for the? Oh man, um, for one, Olivia Miles continuing to be out for Notre Dame. Uh, that's your first big test. She's a damn good basketball player. She is a baller on both ends of the floor. And that's a possible Sweet 16 matchup, just a, just a potential Sweet 16 matchup. Exactly. You know, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a big test for them if they make it that far. Um, you know, if if Maryland wins its first round, it'll meet Arizona or West Virginia. You know, in the seven ten matchup. You know, I think I think both of those teams can give Maryland a, r- a run for its money. But honestly, I think Maryland just needs its offense to be clicking right from the start. You need to have good first halves. You need to have good first quarters. You need to be getting out to a double-digit lead within the first, I'd say, 13 minutes of the game, in my opinion. You need to show – Maryland needs to show up and show that they have some energy. Diamond Miller needs to play some bully ball. Faith Masonis needs to play some bully ball. And Elisa Pinzon needs to pass the ball to Abby Myers or Cheyenne Sellers the minute she crosses half court. I think this team's going to make if, – if a lot of these things happen very, very quickly, Maryland, Maryland will be just fine. I, I love your usage of, of, of the term bully ball. No, no, but 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 more specifically, um, guy being serious. Um, I was Dr. being serious. I know. I was joking. I was, I was, being very, very serious. I was laughing. I was laughing. I was laughing. I no. was laughing. I was being very very serious. All right. So Di Miller does need to play bully ball, but but she a problem for her throughout the season, which Brenda Priest has said this is this is a problem, is that she's played really aggressive early on, and she's taken two three fouls in the first quarter. And, you know, as we get at the NCAA tournament where you're going to see every team's best, if one of the top players in the nation has to be forced out of the game in the, in the first half, it's not going to be easy for Maryland, right? It's, 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 it's going to be... Hold on. David needs to express himself. I can't let this man off the hook. David needs to express himself. Go ahead. Say what's on your mind. For those who can't see, Damon is 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 laughing quite hard right now during our during our. Oh, he's holding it back. That's what he's no, doing. No, what 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 I'm saying. <laughs> it's just funny because you say you know Diamond Miller needs to play bully ball, but like, it's just funny because why why do you feel like she needs to play bully ball? That's that's just funny to me. Why? But I'm, I guess what what I mean by that is is that she needs to continue to be aggressive. 
be aggressive, but smart, as Andrew was saying, not like get not get two fouls or three fouls early in the game because if she gets in foul trouble, Maryland's in trouble. Right. Maryland's that's, definitely that's, in trouble. that's why it's funny because game. like that's why it's funny because if Maryland Maryland get if she's if she's too aggressive, if she gets a foul trouble, they could be in trouble. I completely no, agree. But it, it has been a lot of games in a row now where in the first couple minutes she's taken like thousand ninety four feet away from the basket, which is which is a problem, right? You know, go back to that every you're gonna get every team's best. That's even Holy Cross. You're gonna get their best basketball season with everything on the line, right? And you know, as Dylan said, Maryland's starts have been questionable at times throughout the season. Then they've kind of turned it up in the second quarter. But you know, as Brenda Fries has said, you know, where we've gotten closer and closer to that sustained forty-minute effort, so that's something they're going to need to display every single game of the tournament if they want to have success and get a deep run in March. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, I think I think it's going to be important. I want to see their offense. I want to see how their offense plays. Like I said, I want to see their offense, but I'm really more importantly to see their defense and their rotations. But because I think the rotations would be also really important because with a team like this that doesn't have much size, the rotations have to be really crisp and have to be really they have to move in unison because when you don't have much size you have to use your quickness and use your defensive rotations you know to to offset those you know liabilities so I think it's going to be really telling for them to you know find ways to do that and find ways to you know rotate to the basketball and you know get to get in and out of sets offensive defensively and find ways to you know cluster the cluster you know clobber the other team so you know, Maryland has several wins this year, seven over top 25 teams. You know, outside of Diamond Miller, who would you – outside of Diamond Miller, who would you say has, you know, maybe surpassed expectations this season? Oh, I think for sure it has to be Cheyenne Sellers. From from, mm. her, from her freshman year, the sophomore leap she's taken to be, you know, debatably one of the best two-way guards in the Big Ten – which is the most difficult conference in the league in the nation, which we'll get to later. I think she's been tremendous defensively, offensively, you know, passing the ball, you know, making her teammates look better. She's averaging close to 15 points a game, right? She's doing every little thing, right? She can score on all three at all three levels. You know, she's she's been a leader on the on, on this squad, you know, as one of the only one of three returners. So I think her impact and just how much she's grown from last year to this year is tremendous. And she's been crucial to Maryland's success. What about you, Dylan? I'd have to agree with Shy. Um, I think that, I mean, she's just made such a leap. She She's a great two-way player, and she's she's really just been impressive. I mean, she's not playing like a sophomore. I think she's playing more like a senior. She's the leader of a... She's she's one of the leaders of this team, especially the underclassmen. And I guess to throw another player into the mix, Faith. I think that's obvious. You know, going from not playing last season, really well, much much of last season, to where she is now. I mean, Faith, they call her the glue player for a reason. So, you know, Faith Minnesota is for those obvious reasons. Yeah, I will say I will say Brene Alexander because you know she was at Vanderbilt. She was known as like a big time scorer, and she was starting, and now she's moved to like a reserve role, and she's like a top reserve role. And she was up for six, you know, six women of the year, but obviously, you know, she didn't win it. But you know, her ability to shoot the ball from three, shooting over forty percent from three, had multiple games with four plus three pointers. You know, she's shown the ability to shoot the ball, and her ability to come off the bench and provide multiple spark plugs and electric performances has been a great addition to this team and it's been a welcome addition I think you know it only bodes well for Maryland going forward in the tournament and I believe it's going to be a really important important factor in their ability to advance Mm. yeah I agree I mean she's had she's had such an incredibly strong end to the regular season you know I mean those three pointers against Iowa were electric to say the least and you know that that firepower, that shooting strokes, definitely going to be needed, uh, you know, throughout the tournament. So, so wait, David, if I can just add in here, I was I was expecting one of you guys to say Abby Myers, right? I I think we'll probably dive a little deeper into her as we get later into this podcast. But you know, when 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 Daimler hasn't been scoring the ball at, a, at you know like twenty points a game, there's been Abby Myers who has you know really really you know, taking that lead role on offense. And even in recent games, 
She's her rebounding, her defense has been tremendous as well. Yeah. I, I don't think Maryland has any chance. I don't I don't I don't think Maryland gets to 20 wins without Abby Myers this season. You know, she comes from the Ivy League to the Big Ten and wasn't seamless, but it was a really good tra- transition for a really good player. Yeah, I mean, like she's she had she struggled in the beginning of the season, right? I mean, she was benched for that one game. And that, you know, she told me that lit something in her. You know, to really just get on it afterward. You know, she also said there were some other things happening, you know, that that don't need to be brought to light, but you know, she she's she's really excelled this season. She's really excelled this season. Agreed. And so, you know, this season, as you know, everybody doubted this Maryland team and people didn't know if Brenda Freeze was able to be able to, you know, ascend and find ways to, you know, have a successful season. Obviously, she surpassed expectations. People are saying this may be, you know, Brenda's Brenda's best year yet. What do you all think about that? Well, I mean, Brenda's going to Andrew, 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 I ask you first. What do you think about that? Uh, has this been Brenda Freeze's best season? I, th- I think it's been one of her one of one of her best season in, in her nearly two decade tenure, right? I, I mean, as you said, there was you know tremendous doubt about this about this team. Uh, one of the words Brent, uh, Brenda told me when she was describing the off season was it was it was the most daunting of her career. Um, you know, I th- the strategy from the coaching staff was we're we're going to bring in scores, right? We need to figure out a way to score. We we don't know what the offense is going to is going to look like, but we're going to bring in we're going to bring in players that can score. And you know what? They they've done that. It was it was messy for probably a little over a month to start the season. Um, mm. but behind an incredible um leadership by by Brenda Freeze, this this team has has gotten to, to the high level, which we've come to see and expect um from, yeah. from Maryland women's basketball. Yeah, I think you know, I think this is one of the seasons where she's she might have been facing the most adversity. Sure. She also compared this season to 2006 many many times you know and you hear it in her voice too like she's she has a conviction about that and when Brenda Freeze is convinced of something she's convinced so I I mean I haven't followed this team since 06 obviously you know I still consider myself new to the beat but I mean this Maryland team from November to now, Andrew, like you've asked, like I didn't think they'd be a top ten seed, top ten team in the country, let alone fifteen. They're now a six in the latest AP poll. So, yeah, agreed. You know, with with that, I'm gonna let Damon. You know. Uh, transition in, in, into our into our special guest today. Yes, so I would like to introduce our special guest, um, number five from Maryland. Oh, is she on? Yeah, I think. Oh, number five. Oh, we would like to we would like to introduce you know number five from the Maryland Terrapins women's basketball team, Brene Alexander. Brene, welcome to the Tessudo Times podcast. Hello, hi. <laughs> What's happening? Nothing much. Do I have to? Have, do you want me to guys to have my camera on? If you if you want, up to you. Okay. So, so Brene, how are you? How are you feeling going to your first tournament game? <clears throat> I'm feeling well. Um, we just had a good practice today. I was excited about today. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling like I don't know. It's just different because. Never really played in the postseason. I mean, never, ever, actually. Um, and this is the first, like, big, big tournament game, and I'm really excited. I'm even excited that, like, we're hosting. Like, that is really cool, too. Like, the interplay yeah. play is coming and, like, just taking over our gym. Hmm. But, I mean, it's, like, you know, for a good reason, so. Yeah. yeah. Renee, you know, you talked about, you know, not, not having – most much experience in the postseason. Can you kind of talk to us about what it was like to spend those years at Vanderbilt? You know, where where you where you didn't have you know you know those games in March, and and what was the decision to come into a program like like Maryland, and how has it been you know to be on a team that has twenty five wins? Yeah, um, I think when I first um, you know committed to Vanderbilt, it was 
because it was a new coach, you know, and I just wanted to have a I also wanted to make an immediate impact as a freshman. So I chose to go to Vanderbilt. And honestly, I mean, it was, a, I feel like it was a great experience for me. Like, I don't regret anything. Um, I think I learned a lot about myself. I went through a season-ending injury. Um, and then COVID, of course. Hmm. So I feel like my undergrad was pretty rough. But, like, I feel like I'm a new person coming out of it, like, for the better, you know, everything. And I also knew that walking away, I would also have, you know, that was my – I knew I had to graduate because I'm like, this is a Vanderbilt degree. <laughs> First of all, I need to graduate. Um, so I also knew I was going to have the two extra years of eligibility. So – I just was like, I want to go somewhere where I know I can contribute, but also we're playing for championships and we're winning. And I also knew, like, I had built myself up as well to, like, be a good, like, portal girl. Like, I would be recruited. Mm-hmm. And um, I was. I was recruited by a lot of well-known teams um, that are actually doing well and in the tournament now. So I guess that's good to think about. But anyways, Um <laughs> We, I've just always secretly kind of wanted to go to Maryland as well. I followed some of the girls that used to go here and, um, you know, talk to them and follow them and like their season. And I knew um, at one point they were like the number, they had the number one like scoring in the nation. They were like averaging like crazy amount of points. Um, But they were always just exciting to watch and following along like that last year, actually, um, I just learned so much about the team, just like actually paying attention, you know, to things like polls and things like that. Um, but outside of that, I never thought of like, it was like, I knew, you know, this culture was winning, but just being in it and, you know, being able to like experience it is just like oh, on a whole nother level of like, just, it means everything to me. And then having the like fans here, um, at Vanderbilt, we also, like, we were women's as well, so we didn't have a crowd really playing. I was mostly playing in front of, like, family and friends, really. Um, but other than that, that's why I chose to come here. Strictly because the people and the area. I'd never lived outside of Tennessee, so that was also new for me. I just knew I could come here and, like, have a, the next new chapter of my life. Um you know in Winterville we also were a very small school there wasn't a lot to do you know but other than that college life or campus life I should say the people here the location and coach B I just I've always loved her too what was yesterday like for you I mean all the players getting to interact with uh, you know, the fans, I mean, Diamond's line was probably from like the baseline, almost to half court, <laughs> you know, same yeah, with- no. like, you know, yeah. You know, what was that like for you, you know, going into your first NCAA tournament, like you have a big fan fest, you know, what, what was that like for you? You had to have been excited. Yeah, no, I really was like all day. We pretty much had like a jam packed day too. Cause we had had practice right, and then right. we had like dinner, um, with fans and then we came down to the court and did the games and everything. And then the last thing was the fans coming. And, you know, when we first started off, we were like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be here for so long. <laughs> like, we're going to be here all day. But the patient just waiting, like we have to wait until eight o'clock tonight to find out, you know, what the yeah. seating looks like, where we're going to be, who we're going to play. And I think it was also like, I don't know. It was just gratifying, like seeing, you know, the fans there to support you, you know, take pictures and like ask questions and just have like genuine conversation. It was really nice. Are and, players, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you you're off. fine. Fine. Oh, I, I'm curious. Like, are players really in tune to the bracketology and all the, I mean, the analysts who play? What I'll say about that. Yeah, what I'll say about that is basically, you know, social media is what it is. <laughs> so because of the media and 
you know, things that are posted on Twitter, Instagram are things that we have no, like we have, we of course pay attention to that. We have social media, we have our own brands, you know, especially with NIL and all that. So it's like, we pay attention to it. I mean, we got to like, you know, we follow these women's sports pages. We, we follow fans, like we know what's going on. And I think we don't, I mean, we don't know what's going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we know what's going on, what the media is saying. And we know, you know, we're this good and we're that good. And we also would talk about how, like at the beginning of the season, it was just like, so like they, I guess people didn't really count on us. They like kind of doubted us. They seen that we had a whole roster full of people just thrown together. And so I also think that coming out on top is just like, not on top, but for me, for me, that's on top because my perspective is completely different. You know, not saying I settle for anything, but. I mean, you're a two seed. That's in the NCAA tournament. That's pretty. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's pretty good. Like people, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year would not have thought that we would have been a two seed. A lot of people probably would have thought, I mean, of course we would have made it, but you know, not a two seed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so Brene, like where where have you seen your game grow from the beginning of the season to now? Um, I think for me, just like patience with myself. Like I am a veteran and you know, Brenda Coach B trusts me to do like be that veteran on the floor, be that leader and be solid. And I think for me, sometimes I not I don't get emotional, but I, I kind of get like a little antsy. And I think that's just like, I don't know. I think that's just me being, not being used to being on the stage and like, you know, afraid, like I want to do good. I'm afraid to mess up, but she trusts me to be that veteran leader. And I just embrace that so much. I think I've learned a lot about myself, like off the floor, off the floor and, you know, about what my role is and the different like positions I had to, you know, go from being like an SEC guard to like pretty much guarding like the best post player on every team, like me and Faith, like that's our, our job basically. And we know we have to be solid there. And I think for me, that's what I've seen me grow into just, I think a whole nother maturity level. And so has there been a game this season where you've seen like like the chemistry of the team start to forge the most? Like a game where you maybe you thought like, okay, yeah, we're starting to, you know, hit our groove right now. Um I would say like mid season, it was definitely the Yukon game. Because it was I feel like we had a really great crowd. It was blackout and I think we all just we were steady and poised that whole entire game. And I really seen us like click to another level. And I was like, wow, we are really like locked in. And whenever later in the season, it was definitely when we played Ohio State. And I think that that one's significant for me because we had just came off of that Iowa loss. And, you know, everybody in the media, like we pay attention to, you know, we're basically kind of like, what are they? They're about to play Ohio State. Like, are they going to? turn this around like they just lost like just ugly loss at Iowa and um came back and blew them out so um and we were also clicking on all cylinders had a great crowd it was pink out game you know we were all playing for something like more than ourselves and that's when I also I seen that like we clicked like we were just all locked in and I think that that's the those two times are like the main times that I've seen us you know, and we carried it over to the second Iowa win at home. So, like, that's why at the end of the season, I also feel good because we were, like, peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want, oh, go ahead. Well, well, no, but Renee, you, you, see, you said, you know, we kind of peaked at the Iowa game. I think you kind of say you kind of peaked at the Iowa game. I think you, you, you made, what, your first six <laughs> of the game? Yeah, that was – a great feeling as well. I was just like, and I just came off of a, I felt like, I mean, not felt like it was true. I was in a shooting slump. I don't know what was going on. There was like, I mean, um, 
I have the Achilles injury. And so sometimes, you know, I have like my overcompensation in my other Achilles. So I was like dealing with that, like pain coming back from Christmas break. And I don't know, it just, I I think it just threw everything off. And so it was a while for me to get back into that groove and my confidence, you know, was low. Yeah. And then, then, you know, you, you kind of mentioned your role and I'm, I'm just curious, you know, when you first came to Maryland, when was did you initially know that you were going to be, you know, that sixth player who would come off the bench to provide a scoring spark, or did you think you were going to be a starter? And then just another question about your kind of your leadership. Obviously, you come in in a group of a bunch of new players, and you know, when you kind of solidify yourself as a leader, a team captain. So, what what was that like, and how has that been on as you've seen the team chemistry build throughout the season? So. I like coming in here also, or just my going through my second recruiting process. There was a lot of things that, like, I was just realistic. I feel like I'm a mature person. Um, and so coming in, I'm like, I know I want to make an impact, but I also know I've been playing 35 plus minutes like I was at Vanderbilt. Um, probably not going to be leading scorer. I'm probably not going to get the same looks and have the same options and. It's not going to be the same type of system. So I knew that as long as, you know, I know I can come in and contribute and do my part and we're winning games, then, you know, that's something that you got to, you know, it's a, it's not a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's like a a take it and give. But I knew that there was some stuff that I was going to have to like give up as far as going somewhere and winning. And I feel like for me, it all comes down to winning. You know, that is like something I ha- like I haven't really done. I don't think I had one winning season. I think last year, I actually only played one full season of college basketball as well, which was last year. And that was just like, I think it was, we were like 20 in like 18 or 17 or something like that. But anyways, and the other question you asked me was. Um, kind of your role, you know, when, when you came in as a team, uh, you know, the team of Bob really becoming, becoming a captain and team leader. How was that kind of transition and process throughout the season? Yeah, so that I was picked as a captain, like towards the beginning of the season. Um, and that was I felt I was honored because I we didn't do anything like that at Vanderbilt. Um, we didn't have just like our. We did, you know, how we did it. We, like, basically pulled all the staff in, and it was kind of like a – just like a meeting that we had. And, you know, if you wanted to be a captain, you put yourself up for captain and then you also basically just had to rest your case. Um, and, you know, people would people could ask you questions and answer because, you know, everyone was going to vote, so they wanted to know, you know, who wanted to be a captain and what they're about. And so – you know, being, it was a couple of us um, and being chosen as a captain was felt really good. So I was like, okay, I love this. You know, I did want to be really close with my teammates. Like that was important to me relationship wise. I felt like that was the, that's the kind of leader I am. I am the, like uh, do my part, um, lead by example leader as far as like on the floor and I'm big on communication. And then also just off the floor, since I know I'm an older kid, um, I do have um, one of the girls that has a car here. I just make sure that, like, you know, everyone's taken care of. Everyone's okay. That's that's basically my leadership style. And so being chose as a captain, I've just really throughout the season um, definitely taken, taken it seriously. I feel like we're held to a higher standard, um, the whole team, but specifically the captains too because we, we were chose, you know, to be the captains. So I think my leadership has – grown and of course there's always room to grow over the season but just really actually being like I am an older kid like not saying I'm old but from you know my freshman I'm five years older than them so to me I'm like wow that's kind of like I also have a little sister and she's 18 so they're like her age and I'm just like I am in my big sister moment like you gotta show up for these girls so I think that's how my leadership has grown just the realization of everything What's the, Renee, what's the, been the, you know, what's been the funnest part over these last 
these last like six games of the regular season. Like I know you mentioned Ohio State and you know everything after that that Iowa loss, how it really struck a nerve with you guys. What's been the funnest part of how you ended the season? Because it it seemed like, you know, everybody who said that, you know, we want to peak around this time. It right. seemed like you did that and then more because you got the two wins over Ohio State. You got the Iowa upset. Right. Yeah. You know, talk about what was the most fun, you know, over that right. stretch of time. Yeah. So I think for – it was just um I don't I don't know what word I'm looking for either, but it was just also like satisfying because sure. as far as like listening to, you know, the coaches and them being like, you know, we've been here before, trust the pot, you know, tr- you trust the process, you put in the work. And um she's like, well, you know, Coach B would always say, you know, we'll peak at the right time. We're like, we're going to be, you know, it's it's all, it's all going to be okay. I think it's easy for, for like women in, I, I can't really say in all sports, but I know in basketball for, for us, like mm-hmm. confidence is a big thing for our game. You know, girls that if you're not feeling confident in your game, then that is like a direct correlation to like, you probably will not play as well mm-hmm. or perform at the highest level that you can. And so just, you know, it's, and it's also easy for girls, their confidence to, fluctuate as well that's just us as human beings um and so I feel like for us the coaches always say you know they were just always very very encouraging there was you know times that coach B obviously got onto us because we deserved it but other than that they would always you know always be for us and always make sure we're not doubting ourselves and I think when we played those games we went on that stretch um we were just wow like we really did that like we know what we can do we know what we're we're made of and it was just such a great push to go into the postseason yeah I, I mean that I mean six straight wins to yeah. end, like you know it's got that's got to feel good I'm sure yeah uh, you know Big Ten tournament too like you know right. even, though, even though you lost you know playing Iowa again you know it seems like now you guys in Iowa just just really have a fire in you. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you mean the NCAA tournament. But, right. you know, I wanted to ask also, like, this is your first NCAA tournament. You yes. know, what, what do the butterflies feel like? You know, if you could ex- explain that feeling of, like, suspense that people might not really know about. Yeah. Um. So... I feel like that's just, like, realistic. Like, you know, of course, you're going to have nerves. Of course, you're going to, you know, be like, this is the biggest moment of your life. But I also remember that, like, for me, when I was growing up and being in basketball was very successful. In high school, I won three state championships in a row. Before, you know, starting college, even traveling the ball, I played on – a really good travel team. Um, we were Nike EYBL. So we would, we were on the circuit. I was playing in front of a lot of coaches. Um, and we were performing at a very high level. So not only are these girls that um, I've hmm. also done it like at a high level and succeeded at a high level. And so I just think about, I think back to that and I'm like, you're going to be okay. Like you are prepared for this. My coaches have the season that they just put together for us. Like we are prepared for this. And I think that also goes into that confidence piece of, you know, you have the jitters, you have the excitement, but, you know, as soon as we get in between the lines, it's on and we are ready to play. Yeah. No, toughest, second toughest schedule in the country prepared you for something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so, Brene, like this is like your playing with multiple talented players you know abby shy Mm -hmm. diamond what's it like you know when you're playing with other players that you know have the ability to score just like you right that i feel like that was another adjustment piece and i was just like you know competition all the way around is i mean i played in the sec but as far as like you know on a team and sharing the distribution i guess is the best way you can say that and, um, 
you know, it's like everyone is as skilled, but I feel like it also makes me feel good too. Cause I'm like, I'm practicing with these girls every day. Like these are my teammates. Like, <laughs> and you know, we're winning and the high caliber players and the high IQ, I think really elevates everything to a whole nother level as well. But it's just, it's also just like great to look at my teammates and be like, you get it. Like you get it. Like I get it. And we are like, I don't know. I'm just, it's just something I've never had, but, and it's hard to explain, but that's what it feels like. And I think that like, that's my connection with my teammates. I'm never like dreadful of being around them or even like, you know, uh, like we have to go to practice. Like I like, and that's never happened in all four years. There were, Definitely days I've been felt where I was like, uh, we have to go to practice. <laughs> but here I'm like always like, just this is another part of my day. I'm ready to go see my people, ready to perform and get better. And then playing against scout guys, I think also elevates my game. So that's also why I'm just like, I know I am prepared. Like that is something that I can completely be aware of, check off. Okay. And so you mentioned like this, like your first time being out of Tennessee. And so since you've been in Maryland, I want to know, have you tried a crab cake? And if so, do you like a crab cake? Okay, this is going to be very, very heartbreaking, but I do not like seafood. Kick her off the podcast. Kick her off the podcast. <laughs> I'm not a fan of seafood either. Okay, but listen. I'm really not. Let me give you some perspective. I am from Tennessee, like you said, a landlocked state. You tell me where I'm supposed to just consistently get good seafood. Okay, what what kind of food is there in Tennessee? <laughs> um, I think you know barbecue, soul food, just good Southern cooking. National, um, yeah, national hot chicken. National barbecue is elite. I won't lie. Yeah, that's fun to have. And hot chicken. Good. I'm, 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 I'm going to switch gears a bit away from food into because you mentioned something about about girls and, and women's and, and sports. Um, yeah, you're, you're really, really active on, on social media. Um, and, and this is we're kind of in a time now where NIL and building your brand has has, has been a, you know, a huge topic of, of discussion. What do you think that not only coming to Maryland, coming into a big market, but being really active on social media, communicating with the fans, how do you think uh, that's grown your brand? And, and and how do you hope to, you know, to kind of build build that brand as we get into the postseason and just in general of women's basketball and what you've seen from other top athletes and how they've been able to get into the national spotlight? Yeah, I think that, one, honestly, I wasn't this active before on social media. Like, I've always had it. I've always been up to date and, you know, following it on it. But as far as, like, being, like, actively engaging, I'll say, as far as, like, tweeting and actually, like, posting a lot of um, pictures on my feed, things like that, I never was active really that much um, until, you know, the whole NIL came out. And it was like, okay, we can actually make money off this like, you know, everyone else does. And so I feel like that was a big opportunity. And coming here... I was like, it's going to be a crazy opportunity because, like I said, school's way bigger. Just everything is on a bigger platform, you know, um, playing on the team here, like just that, how much that weight that carries. And like I got verified on on Instagram when I came here and I was just like, that's the coolest thing. I think it was just another good experience tied to coming here. Um, and my my following count went up by a lot. And on Twitter, um, honestly, that's due to my sister just being, like, oh, big yeah. in media, too. She's all, she's all our mentions. Pretty sure you all, you guys all know her. But, I, yeah. And I, just, I just saw her pop up on my Twitter feed. I'm dead. That's so funny. Yeah. Love her. <laughs> she um she is 27 years old. She's, like, my older, my big sister. I'm the middle child. And... Just watching her grow through, you know, her life and, like, watching her as a big sister. Like, I feel like we have – my mom had three girls, so that was a lot. But the reason she's like this is just because she didn't have 
she hasn't talked about basketball and like been into basketball since she graduated. And, you know, she's two kids later, you know, living her grown up adult life. And she's just like coming like when you committed to Maryland and like the fans that, you know, the fans in the media that I have, you know, met through social media. And she also is just like my number one fan. So she's just a big advocate. And I think she's starting to use her platform. But that's when I started tweeting. And I told myself I was going to stop like literally the other day. So (laughs) who knows? Who knows? But I seem to have like a pretty good following there. So that's pretty optimistic. But I think it's all just another part of the great experience that I've been having here. Yeah, you can make money off of it. Yeah, Yeah. I I think you probably came in the first the first day of 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 work of workouts in the off season, and you saw Shy and Gigi making TikToks. Like, oh my god, I need to get active on social media. No, yes, listen, that is when I. I quickly like realized my team is a TikTok team. <laughs> I'm like, all of these girls are active on social media and love that for them because they are making their money. Period. <laughs> so I'm like all for that. The, I mean, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, you're just so lazy because I'm just I'm not as active as they are. I feel like they're on like a whole nother level, you know. And so they have more followers. They have the the bigger platform. Um, and I'm just like, you know, if I was consistent, maybe, but sometimes I get down on that. But also I'm like, you know, I'm older. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just never think about like being and we're like recording myself that much. I think like I'm yeah. big on pictures, but as far as like recording and doing TikToks, cause that's what TikTok is. So, but I, I do love TikTok. I'll give them that. And I do some with them, but quickly realized they were a TikTok team. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I guess like, when you talk about social media, I always think about when like the um the women's basketball Twitter account like tweets out the starting lineups and they tag everybody. I I always find it funny how Abby Myers is I know she one. never has one. Like, <laughs> at Adam Miller, at Faith Monsonas, at Elise Mazan, at Chayan Sales, Abby Myers. It's Abby Myers <laughs> like because she doesn't have social media, like but that's just so her. That's so Abby, it like makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> like it really it does. She's definitely <laughs> You know, and that's why sometimes I don't, that's why I, um, she kind of compliments me, like, not being on social media either. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, Abby's with me. She's not that active. You know, we just missed that wave, I guess. But Abby, I'm so active than she is. <laughs> Abby, yeah, Abby posts from time to time on Instagram, and she'll just, like, I mean, she shares everybody's, like, stories that she's tagged. Right, in. yeah. That's what I see from her. Right. Because she... <laughs> And she shared my Israel pictures, which I very much appreciated. Oh, yeah, of course. She also, <laughs> um, she, like, doesn't even have a TikTok. And I feel like that is crazy. I don't have TikTok. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, see, the thing is, it wasn't crazy. I didn't have one for a long time after it came out. I think I had just got one, like, last year. So I was like, okay, I guess I gave in because my little sister was like, you have to get one, da 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 and I would always be like, but it's never been interesting to me. Is that why you don't have TikTok? No, yeah, I don't. It doesn't interest me. I mean, Instagram. Yeah, right. I mean, something sometimes it's interesting, but I mean, I'm guilty of using Instagram Reels, but you're never going to see me post one. Right. Like, you're never right. going to see me get up and dance, but I right. send me a life hack. I'll think this is like striking gold yeah no see yeah and that's honestly what my tiktok feed is it's all about like homes and diys and <laughs> how to save money and like things like you that basketball tiktok though is there is there a such thing as basketball tiktok um i mean if it is i'm not on it. <laughs> i'm definitely on like you know really like fashion tiktok you know girly building homes um yeah saving money let me think what else is usually on food oh because i cook and that's the other one that's pretty much my tiktok i don't really see the dancing i see some like tiktoks for for like girls ba- like women's basketball tiktok i feel like there's definitely a women's basketball tiktok yeah. um yeah there's a lot of players that are very active on tiktok and just tiktok their experiences and like the things they do like around campus and things like that winning games you know so 
Renee, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit, you know, we, we talked about how, how the team's been, been able to gel throughout the season, but I want to ask specifically about you and Lab. Obviously, you know, you've established yourself as probably the two most important, you know, players off the bench. Early in the season, it, it wasn't so easy. I, I think the fans know that. I think internally, you guys knew that. Um, so how, how do you think your confidence has grown and how have you been able to settle in along with Lab, you know, to be crucial performers at this time of the season? Yeah, I think when we first came in here, like, it was it was different. And we definitely had to adjust. And I think that we knew we had to rise, rise to the occasion because she's also a senior. So it's like we are the veteran transfers. And she has a different, like, experience, too, because she was here for, like, half the semester. Um, and so she was here at, like, the last bit of – last year, like with the girls on the team and how that went. And so whenever um, we came in together, we like, you know, would be connected on social media, follow each other on social medias. Then um, we got to talking on there and then we became roommates because we're also roommates. Mm -hmm. um, and so coming in together, you know, hanging out, getting to know each other and then knowing that, you know, we had to do what we had to do on the floor. And I think we didn't know what to expect either because we were all new, like you guys all know. So I think all of us, you know, thought good, positive thoughts. We were like, we're going to figure this out. Like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be good. But at the same time, we didn't really know what to expect completely. And I think there was definitely like highs and lows at the beginning of the season for both of us, as far as just like, you know, performance wise, you know, off the court mentally and just like adjusting to this new team and adjusting to coaching that we have never had before. And like I said earlier, like, I think it's just been a good confidence boost for, like you said, those last six games of the season of just, and then performing well, both of us really well and, and all of them. Um, and I think it was just, you know, it's, it's finally here. This is finally our time. Um, we're peaking. This is like, you know, just good momentum. We talk about momentum a lot. So we're like, this is just good momentum for us moving forward. And I think we've been riding that confidence and we're just going to keep, keep on, keep it on. Brene, I got, I got one more as, as we kind of start that to head out here, you know, you talk about, you know, you and Lav as seniors. Uh, I want to talk about a freshman and, and Bree McDaniel who people oh, yeah. know that, You've kind of take taken her, under, yeah, under your wing a little bit. You know, when when when, when we, we've been chatting, you know, you said yeah. that you, that you and Bree would, would would make the best podcast on the team. But, we would, <laughs> yeah, but, but can, can you kind of you know say what what you've seen from her throughout the season? Just her maturity, not even on the court, but also off the court, and how she's been able to be an impact player for this team. Yeah, I think I love Brie. She is also my roommate. She's my road roommate. So every time we travel, we're together. Um, and we love each other's family. And we're just, it's been so beautiful to get to know her as a person. I think coming in, she struggled at the beginning a lot with like just the freshman struggles, you know, with managing the schedule and having to be all these places and knowing, you know, where to be, got to be on time. Um, you know, making sure you're communicating with the coaches, you know, answering and responding to texts, just a whole new level of responsibility that I think definitely, you know, makes you grow up. And um, also just like coming in academics, like being on top of that, going to class, you know, um, being, making sure you're doing well in there. And then also on the floor, I feel like for, like uh, the freshman theme, you know, some of them, the transition on the, on the court is like just more challenging because it's definitely like you haven't lifted weights like a collegiate athletes, like you're going against older girls, more skilled. And even if you were, you know, the star of your team in high school, you know, you would come in and everyone on your team in college was their star in high school, you know, so everyone is just as good as you. Um, and I think it, takes some real adjusting to do in like um coaching style and like system and understanding that like 
everything you were able to do in high school, you weren't able to do like in college. And so I think her learning her, her role um, was really good for me and her because, you know, I think that's how I related to the freshmen as well, because I was new. So, you know, they were freshmen, but it was like, I was new. I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like, this is all new to me too. Um, and so I've seen her grow, you know, and just change her perspective um, on, you know, a lot of things. And that has helped her grow off the floor. And considering all the things that she has had to deal with this semester, I am really proud of her and commend her for that. And I think that the she has no ceiling. Like, it is phenomenal, the level of play that she plays at um, as a freshman coming in a program like Maryland. And I really believe in her. And I can't wait to see what she's going to be like in, like, her senior year. And I'm happy I get another year with her. And so, Brene, you all lost in, you know, the Big Ten semis. You know, they ended a seven-game winning streak. You know, you all's last loss since, you know, February. You know, what do you all look to take from that loss in the Big Ten semifinals to carry into Friday's game versus Holy Cross? Yeah, I think I think back to that statement win over Ohio State. <laughs> um, but we also, I feel like we we owe ourselves that. Like, you know, it's tournament time. Um, this is this is our push. You know, it is win or go home. Everything is on the line, and I think that all of us are ready. And I, I, I believe that we're going to show up and be ready to play, just because I think we're still playing with that chip on our shoulder, you know. Um, because at at one point we do know we were also in the conversation of being one seed, so you know, even like that that whole part. Um, and so I think we're just really ready and motivated. And we have, you know, the eagerness to to move forward. Like, we're ready to play. We've been playing against the scout guys. And that is not always the funnest thing ever. <laughs> and we're like, we're ready to play against some other teams now. Thank you. And, Brene, can you, um, can you tell our listeners where they can find some of your apparel that you're selling for your NIL deal? Oh, yeah. So the link is actually in my bio um, on my Instagram page. Um, I think it's called Brown Boy Nation. That should be the link, but it's in my bio and it'll have a website with all the shirts and colors you can get. Yeah. And, and where can I follow us? Where can I follow us on? Um, follow you? You can follow me on Twitter um, at, I think it's Brunene is my username, but it's under Brene Alexander. And then my Instagram name is Brene.Alexander. Yep. Brene, Brene, before we send you off, I got to ask one quick thing. I don't want to over. over yeah. We we're talking about Brie. You said, I'm excited to play one more year with her. Are you, are you hinting at something that, that, that you want to get at here? Um. Well, yeah, I'm going to use my extra year. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I'm so, definitely coming back next year for sure. So it's official. Brene Alexander will be returning to Maryland next year. <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much Brene for joining us tonight we hope you have a great one thank you guys thank you so much for letting me be on the podcast I really enjoyed it best of luck in the NCAA tournament thank you I'll see you guys later <laughs> see ya see ya All right, Damon. I, I, I think you know we, we could talk. You know, just a little more about about you know just our our postseason expectations. And then we then we can wrap this up. So you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I mean, I, I mean, I'm really interested to see how Maryland starts out. I think you know Maryland has a legit chance to get to Elite Eight. Um, I think I think Maryland must find ways to start fast in this tournament. And find ways for Diamond Miller to get going early, and find ways to, you know hit our guests, Brene Alexander, and hopefully Lavender Briggs to get it going off the bench. Along with, you know, Abby Myers and Cheyenne Sellers, you know, playing big time, you know, throughout the tournament. You know, Maryland has the, all the tools to do it. It's just, you know, about putting it together and, you know, putting playing a complete game and find ways to advance. So eager to see how it goes. Yeah, Damon, I think you you put it exactly right. You know, Maryland, it has the tools to, to make a deep run. It's just, you know, do they have – this is, I think, my one concern uh, for them would be 
they don't as a group together. Postseason basketball is a lot different from regular season basketball, and they haven't had experience to play together in this environment. Just a very short-lived time in you know in the Big Ten tournament. So I'm really intrigued to see how the, how the, how they come together in a in 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 a in a huge environment uh, like this. Hey, I'll say this: I think Maryland's an Elite Eight team. Whether they make it to the Final Four to be determined, but I think they get to the Elite Eight and. I want to pose one last question to the group. What is one? And I think you, you both, you know, the two options I'm going to say. What is one matchup? What is one non-Maryland matchup you guys are going to watch? One non-Maryland matchup? Non-Maryland matchup that you guys are going to watch. Oof. Um, you already know mine. Well, well, we know yours. Mac Hoop stand up. I mean, I I I I own a Duke. Rooting for the Gales. David, that, say. and I'll also I'll also to... watch NC State versus Princeton. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm interested to see LSU versus Hawaii. I mean, obviously LSU is overwhelming favor, but you know they they fell they fell pretty early in the SEC tournament. And I think that was pretty surprising, you know, given that the talent they have on that team. So I'm interested to see how LSU plays versus Hawaii in the first round, because I think that would be a, a telling game. And if they don't try to end that game early and it's competitive late, you never know. You know, it is March and things again can get tricky. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you put it exactly right there. I think the one I'm actually intrigued on a potential um, round 32 matchup. I, I think Washington State, this is a team that had an okay regular season and then rolled in the Pac-12 tournament on un- un- Unbelievable with, with how with how they were kind of able to, to to win that tournament, and then if uh, Villanova, uh, you know, this is a team that's led by Maddie Seegers, one of the best players in the nation. So, and if both those teams win, uh, they'll match up against each other, and that that would definitely be a four or five matchup. I would really love to see. Yeah, I agree. But you know, hopefully, you know, Maryland advances. We look forward to having another podcast soon, given they given it that they make it to lead eight. But you know. Thank you all for joining us today on the Testudo Times Podcast, Women Basketball Edition. I'm Damon Brooks, along with Dylan Manfrey and Andrew Chotis. Thank you for joining us today. Hope to see you soon.